You are listening to the 54th episode of Downtime Podcast. You have Elisa and Jeremy. very special guest to talk to us on the episode actually this is the guy who created our latest intro and outro song as well as he's just a music composer for a lot of tv shows and a lot of ads and everything so welcome to the podcast ryan elder hey guys thanks for having me welcome yes and thank you for coming to the podcast (laughs) yes i'm excited I'm excited to talk about video games. I never, I never get to talk about them on podcasts. I talk about all my other interests. That's but. that's for later. We're talking about video games right now. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I guess Ryan, to start off, what games are you currently playing? Oh, I'm gonna start. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so I am upset. I'm a. First of all, I have to admit, I'm a PC gamer. Woo! I have an Xbox One. I barely ever play it. Uh, I really only my wife wanted in a contest and the only reason I'm keeping it is because I want to play Red Dead Redemption 2 nice good reason but uh, otherwise otherwise I mainly stick to PC and uh, the game that I've been playing like a significant amount and it's really become a problem is this game called uh, Slay the Spire it's an early access game it's kind of like uh, if you guys know the tabletop game Dominion, which is like a deck building game, right? You start off with a default deck and you add and remove cards to your deck to make it better. So Slay the Spire is that sort of mechanic, but also in a roguelike dungeon crawler format. So you start off on like level zero of the dungeon. You have your basic deck and you go through the dungeon finding treasures, fighting monsters, unlocking relics that make your deck better or worse or whatever. And there's a lot of decision points. So I'm super enjoying it. I don't know if you guys have played it, but I cannot recommend it enough. I think I have 200 hours on it. Oh, shoot. 200 hours. I was looking at it on Steam earlier, and it looks really cool, actually. like it's It kind of reminds me of... It kind of looks like a fighting game, but also turn-based, but it's dealing with cards. Yeah. Just watching it kind of reminded me of Munchkin, the tabletop game, if you ever... Yes, there's a little of that. It's definitely, it's a card game in, it's sort of like, uh, yeah, it's a card game, basically, but you, they sort of make these decision points for you within the structure of a roguelike. It's really, really, it's so addicting. (laughs) Uh, Super replayable. Incredibly. I mean, that's the point of it. It's a roguelike, you know, you only beat the game like 10% of the time you play Mm -hmm. most of the time you lose. So it's just like, you're like, oh man, okay, this time I'm going to try using just these cards. And there's a lot of cards. So you can sort of hone down to how you want your deck to play and build like very specific decks based on what cards you find and what cards you're able to remove from your starter deck and stuff like that. It's really, really fun. I think I might have to check it out. I think so. It's like it's not too expensive because it's early access still. But the developers literally they do patches once a week and they're extremely. Yeah, they're really, really in. uh, They really, really connect with their players a lot. There's so many new features always being rolled out to the game. 
Um, I, I mean, I'm really hoping for an endless mode where you just go, 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 and it keeps getting harder and harder until you eventually it becomes impossible or whatever. But um, right now, it's like by the time you get to the last boss, your deck is so insane, and you're like, "Yes, I want to play this some more." But you just beat you you beat the game instead. So I'm hoping I'm hoping they add that. But they've in the last just the last month they've added a whole new character to play, which includes 70 new cards to play. And every week they do a patch that has like bug fixes at the very least, but a lot of times it's content. That's great as well. The fact that the developers are you know giving you guys like updates every week means that the game is alive yeah. and well and that it's doing well because I actually wanted to ask you a really quick question, Ryan, uh, kind of off on a tangent, but also related. How do you feel about early access games on Steam? Because in my experience, it's a hit or miss. And I've had games like The Forest that are early access, but like late last year, it came out of early access. Um, but then there are other games that just don't get updates from the developers and the developers don't really reach out to the community for any you know, any support or questions like the community is always wondering like what's happening to this game. So how do you feel about early access overall? I think like you said, it's hit or miss. I think for me, it depends on the game. If I think the game is fun, um, honestly, the, so let's say that slay the spire didn't get updated a single time since the day I bought it, Mm -hmm. I would still be playing it. Um, (laughs) like it's that good. And it, it, so really, like if a game is really good and it's in early access and it's unfinished and the developers seem to have be languishing it or whatever, that doesn't bother me as long as the game is fun, right? Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of, like for 20 bucks, I got 200 hours. That's way above normal. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah, the the forest, the forest is a good example. I've had that on my like wish list for a long, long time. And I keep kept waiting to see like, if the reviews would get better or if it was like, you know, when it was going to get finished. And then by the time they like said, Hey, we're finished. I was like, "Eh, I'm on to different things by now. Yeah. So I kind of wish I had gotten it when I was more interested at the very beginning, but um, I'm trying to think of the other sort of early access games I played that I enjoyed. I think seven days to die is an early access game that I enjoyed. Still an early access actually. Like (laughs) for a long time. Um, (laughs) That game was ludicrously playable right away yeah so if it's a way to get a game out there that's incredibly fun yet maybe not finished yet and they need money to keep it going i'm super on board with that i think the positives of it possibly outweigh the negatives i know there's a lot of examples of games where it isn't like day z the one that people point to as kind of like the biggest early access failure yeah and i i can i can attest to that cuz my brother and i we played that for hours like that's one of the things it technically people call it a mod i still think it's a game it's it's yeah i i played that hours on end and it's and like you said it's a perfect example of a game that was never pulled out of de- like development it was always in constant development right And I think in this day and age, uh, most games are in constant development. If you look at even huge AAA titles, they're constantly updating them. A lot of them, the the good ones, I know Diablo 3 has had many, many updates. Some of them paid, some of them not. And that game is basically in development for the last, whatever, six (laughs) years, eight years, however long it's been out. Yep, yep. So I think a modern game is just always going to be in development anyways. It's just, is it worthy of the amount you're paying for it when you have an opportunity to pay for it. You know, um, Minecraft is a great example of a game that I paid 10 bucks for way, way back in 2008 or seven or whatever. And it was not even close to being 
the, it's in its current form. Like the nether didn't even exist yet. And it was still like one of the most insanely fun games I've ever played for many, many hours. Like, so I, I think it, the, the benefits outweigh the negatives in my mind. Like if you're having fun with it, why not just keep playing it? Even if it will get taken off of steam or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many games I've bought that are not early access that I played for like 20 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> like, so uh, if it's a good game, I don't care if it's early access personally. Okay. Yeah, no, I just wanted to get your thoughts since uh, Elisa yeah, and yeah. I have talked about this issue before. and yeah, It's, it's on a game-by-game yeah. game basis. I know people get really emotionally wrapped up in that, <laughs> in the early access thing, but I don't care. Yeah. No, there are, there are some passionate <laughs> people on Steam. It's not good podcasting for me to not to be ambivalent, right? I should have like a really strong opinion so <laughs> no. that listeners can disagree with me. No, I, our our audience is uh diverse is from what we've seen. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, no, you can have any opinion you want. Okay, good. <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that was a long tangent. Uh, back to stuff that we're playing, no, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alisa, do you want to go next? And then we'll, we'll just keep switching off between each other. I'm only playing one game. I only played one game this week. And to be completely honest, this is a game where I don't know if I regret playing it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and that game is Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn. <laughs> This game looks awesome, I have to say. Looks, I haven't heard about it. It looks so cool. <laughs> and you, and I think what's funnier than the game itself was the story leading up to how I even played this game. So what happened was half of our department was part of this really long meeting. And I'm, my, I'm at work. And all of a sudden on our Slack, uh, one of my coworkers goes, Hey, guys, I just bought Shaq Fu. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all still and our meeting was three hours long too and we're and oh. all we're just like trying to see the light of day and i'm thinking oh my god he has shack Fu. and so i message him like hey um i definitely want to play or i definitely want to watch it when we get out of this meeting and he's just teasing us with screenshots and all these different things and then all of a sudden he goes i mean like if you want to just download it on your laptop i'll just let you <laughs> Basically, long story short, on my really crappy work laptop, I have Shaq Fu now, which runs pretty, which runs pretty well, by the way. It's not that bad. I lowered the settings, but it still looks really nice. And I feel like that's a game that can run on almost anything, since it's you know not graphically intensive, right? Exactly, and and yet it looks really pretty. Yeah, it is. I gotta, I gotta admit. The graphics are really nice. The art style is really fun. It's really colorful. There, a lot of colors are popping. Like there's animations, for example. Okay, so this is how ridiculous the game gets. So there's this move where Shaq kicks all of his people, or like kicks all of the enemies in one go after building a combo, and then all of a sudden, like his shoe just gets visibly enlarged and takes up like the entire screen, and then smacks. <laughs> And then smacks all the enemies, and they go toward your screen, and it's like they splatter on your screen as if your screen's a oh, window. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, out, really <laughs> ridiculous and outlandish, outlandish animations. That's so cool, though. <laughs> I know. And I played it for 15 minutes, and after that, 
I was like, I think I gotta go home. I don't know how I feel about this game. And then I come, I come back to work the next day and there's now this discussion about Shaq Fu and I'm like, oh, am I still gonna play this or not? And then my coworker tells me, hey, you know, if you last long enough, you'll be able to go against Kanye West. I heard about what? that. Yeah, what? Yeah, I know. And I was like, what? So now I'm like, crap, I feel like I need to play this game now. It, can you, so can you play it with keyboard? Yes. Keyboard you, and mouse? Is it, yes. is it pretty easy? Really easy. Cool. Really simple, really simple, um, commands. It's just the arrows and AWSD. So it's not that bad at all. Hmm, okay. Nice. And it is on like all the platforms too, yes. right? I think I saw it. It's yeah. on every, I'm pretty sure it's on every single platform, Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. It does seem like a good controller game though, for sure. It's yeah. actually, like you, the the keyboard was really nice though. Like I had no issues at all using it. In fact, cool. um, in fact, playing it on keyboard, I can't imagine how I would play it on controller. Huh? Really? Because um, oh, interesting. Because a lot of the game you have to go back and forth in the and it for me it just was a lot easier doing it on my keyboard. Yeah, it does look like you're. You have to move a lot. Yes, there's a lot of movement. Enemies come in different directions. There's rockets that just drop on you. And it's one of those games where just anything goes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks fun. Yeah. Definitely looks fun. So my coworker bought it for $19.99. I don't know if it's $19.99. I would probably wait till it drops below like $8 or $10, especially since I think the game's only three hours. But I mean, for all the listeners, if you... If you're really interested in playing it, then I say why not. Um, the dialogue is really corny and totally not politically correct. But I mean, <laughs> how politically correct can you go with a game that's actually titled Shaq Fu? So, I mean, yeah, that in itself is just fair point. Yeah, exactly. You're just, it, it seems so absurd. The whole thing is so absurd. It but it's is. so glorious. Yes. So basically, what I'm trying to say is for Anyone for the listeners, this this game is not for everyone for sure. What other what other terrible '90s games do we want to like Kickstarter a badass remake? Of? Oh, <laughs> don't go there. Someone's gonna someone's gonna do it. <laughs> I know. I, I'm I, I was a Sega Master System kid and a Genesis kid, so I'm I don't, I'm trying to think of like terrible games that i <laughs> that i like had a have a soft spot for yeah i i also grew up with the genesis so there are, i'm thinking of a, a few of the games that i played growing up that might <laughs> that might yeah. be remade but i don't want them to <laughs> i think we're overdue for a good like altered beast remake maybe. oh my goodness i i was just thinking about that game the other day Actually, you know what? There probably is an like, Altered Beast remake. And I, like, I bet you <laughs> if we Googled it right now, we'll find an Indiegogo campaign for it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm yeah, actually looking. Me too. <laughs> because I love Altered the music Beast in this classic game. classic on the iTunes app store. So you can get it for your phone, I guess. Uh, the original one. They just ported it at different places. Okay. That game was so weird. <laughs> All right. Anyways, it's a di- another digression. I'm the king of those. <laughs> As for me, I'm actually only playing one game as well. I'm actually just playing Yakuza 6. Actually, have you heard of the Yakuza series, Ryan? So just 
I know where. Catch me up. Can you give me like a brief description of all six other Yakuza games before <laughs> this one? I can. <laughs> I can you give know? you a description of just all of them at once. You're a. You're a. <laughs> you're a guy who was formerly in the Yakuza who is reluctant to keep helping them, but you still help them in weird ways, and you're mm. still connected to these people. And the game is primarily set in Tokyo in a very specific region called Kamurocho, which is based on the real-life area of Kabukicho, uh, which is like the red-light district of Tokyo. But every uh, every game features that city, but also other cities around Japan that you visit. Yeah, okay. and then, um, long story short, uh, you adopt this girl from an old friend of yours and you end up being their uncle and then end up creating a father-daughter relationship and as you get closer to this girl throughout the entire series kiryu doesn't want to be a yakuza anymore but kiryu's the main character yes yeah so i watched like um i don't know 10 15 minutes of the just like a playthrough of yakuza 6 on youtube today just to like get sort of familiar with it mm-hmm. i have to say it was extremely confusing <laughs> coming from no background at all i was like wait why is there a pop singer girl all of a sudden now oh and <laughs> it's like very very confusing. <laughs> um but it also seemed like really story heavy yes am i am i wrong no like, no extremely story so heavy. the things about the yakuza games are there's two sides to every yakuza game there's the intense cinematic like uh, dramatic part of the story and there are Everything else is like really absurd and crazy. Like all the side missions, there's like that, that flip side of the game, which is like, it has like a really, really, really humorous side, but there's also the deep, like the deep storyline aspect of it that that a lot of people play it for. It seemed like a very soap opera esque. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Totally. (laughs) Over the top (laughs) acting. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's very much like a Japanese drama or movie. If you've ever seen a Yakuza film, or like movies like Battle Royale where they're all yelling at each other constantly and just beating each other up or shooting each other. That's how it is. Like okay, that, that's yeah. how most of the games are. But it's, it's, it's great. Like everything else that surrounds the dramatic storyline is like, it takes you out of the, out of the whole storyline for, uh, for example, there are some storylines where you have to like, like beat up a YouTuber or like, <laughs> or like, um, uh, chase a drone or like, uh, just like find a bunch of cats, and it, it's it's crazy. It's 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 so fun. I love it. Yeah, it looked cool. There, uh, so like I watched, you know, ten fifteen minutes, and I think only once in that ten fifteen minutes did the person take control of a character of any kind. <laughs> like, the rest of it was just cut, quote unquote, cutscenes. But I did. I also sort of popped into someone's stream of it, and it looked like there was a much more in-depth gameplay than just beating up a drunk guy at the bar. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a, there's a skill tree to level up your, your fighting skills. Um, okay. there's a bunch of mini games you can play. There are like, there are full games within the game. So they have like the full arcade cabinet of Virtua Fighter five. They have like outrun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally the full game within this game. So it, like <laughs> I you love you, it when games do that. Yeah, it's great. So it's like, this game is also like an emulator in a sort of way where in the game you can go to arcades and in the arcades, they actually have uh, like space Harrier outrun. Um, Amazing. All, yeah. It's great. And I, I think that's one of my favorite things to do is like pop into an arcade. Oh, let's and, reboot space Harrier. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Kickstarter that one. There we go. Everyone. You heard it here first for <laughs> Ryan Elder. First. <laughs> Downtime <laughs> podcast exclusive. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, yeah, so you get get into more you're just filling me in on what Yakuza 6 is. I know probably your listeners are more familiar with it. So go ahead and talk more about what you want to talk about and not just 
filling me in. Oh, yeah, sure. So I'm at a point in the story, I'm actually at the very end of the game, like second to last chapter. Um, there, In order to continue the story, I have to talk to one of the characters, but I'm at the point where I want to do everything in the city and kind of like finish up some side tasks and finish up some side, um, so just some, some side missions so that I can get some trophies and just continue on playing the game. Um, but yeah, like, I'm at a point where I don't want to complete the story and I've had this gripe with Elisa before. Well, not, not with Elisa. I've had this, I've told this gripe to Elisa, uh, where I said that I want to, um, not finish the story yet because this is the last chapter for the main character of the series. Uh, after this game, they're going to continue with another main character, a completely new character that no one's ever mm. heard of before. So mm. this is his swan song. Have you played zero through five as, as well? I've played zero, one, uh, the it's, one is technically it's called the re, it's a Kiwami, which is a remake of the first game on PS4, and okay, uh, it was just announced a week or two ago that three, four, and five are gonna be ported to PS4 because they're originally only available on PS3, so they'll be oh. remastered in 60 frames per second, 1080p for PS4, uh, and the second game, a remake of the second game, is coming out in August for the PS4, and the reason why they remade one and two is because those two games were only available on the PS2 with like really outdated graphics. Whereas oh, three, four, okay. five, they use an updated engine and they look they look just fine on the PS4. So if all all they have to do is port it and remaster it, and then it looks fine on the PS4. So you have those to look forward to at least, right? Like- yeah, yeah. I was about to say, technically, before you play this very final scene, you could just tech- you could just play through everything and then save there the final go, yeah. scene for last. That's true. I think I might do that because I've been pretty good about not seeing any spoilers for six. And I've been on the Yakuza game subreddit for a while now, and I no one's everyone's really really good about not posting spoilers. Yeah, so the, Yakuza, really nice. the Yakuza community is really good about that. I think it's because when everyone knows how much effort. You have to put into this game. It's about 80 to 90 hours per game of content, and they want you to experience it all. So this game's this game's not like, for example, God of War, where spoilers are rampant on Twitter all the time. Guys, I want to watch a 90-hour-long Japanese soap opera. you have any uh, suggestions for me? <laughs> uh, metal... metal. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. <laughs> uh, well, so you, you, you're, you, did you guys watch Lost? You'll be like Desmond with uh, Charles Dickens novel he never read. You can just save that last part of Yakuza 6 until you're like on your deathbed and then finally finish it. I, really, quick side note, I'm a huge Lost fan. <laughs> there you go. Did you watch all so, of it? Oh, man. Yeah, back to back, like twice, I think. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I, I want to go to Hawaii. I want to like visit all the places in Hawaii that they shot the show at. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah! I watched every episode uh, within 24 hours of it airing. Oh wow! Like, yeah, I, I even the pilot I watched like the day after. Nice on my TiVo. Remember remember TiVo? Oh guys? yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! I remember. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Uh, you guys are loyal. So has a loyal fan base then, huh? Oh yeah, no. I, I think it's kind of niche. I think it's a little bit niche right now, but there's a lot of people still like opening up to it. Yeah, I know it seems big in Japan, but maybe not not quite as big here. Not is that as, the case? Not as big internationally, but when they 
uh, translated Yakuza Zero, which is the prequel series for the first time, mm-hmm. that was really when it garnered a lot of global attention, and it's just growing from there. And the reason they're doing remakes of all these old games is because now there's a international demand for it. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's I'm, huge in Japan. When I was a kid, we used to talk about there was like the mysterious video store down the street that supposedly had Japanese Nintendo games. <laughs> they had like Super Mario 4 for Nintendo supposedly. It was like the rumor was that it was you were a baby Mario. And it, <laughs> and we'd go and we'd ask oh, do you have baby Mario? And they'd say, oh, no, it's checked out. <laughs> Try again. But of course, that game never existed, right? Like, But there was always this like big mystery of like these games that were in Japan. Like, We had this image that Japan had all the best games and they just didn't send any to the US. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, way back with PlayStation 1, I would always do these crazy Game Shark things just so that I could play all these Japanese imports. Which is true. There are some games, like, there are actually some Yakuza yeah. games that they, they just keep localized in Japan. They don't ever internationally localize it in English or any other language because they fear that an English audience won't like it or they won't understand it, so they just leave it in Japan. Man, that's so interesting. Oh, man, that was a long Yakuza rant. Uh, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty much, that's all I'm playing. I have nothing else to talk about what I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one more game I've been, I've okay. been playing. I sort of got back into it recently, which is Elder Scrolls Online. I don't know if you guys play MMOs at all. Oh, I um, love all the Elder Scrolls game, all all the games, including the Fallout games. Anything about Bethesda, I love. But I didn't really yeah. get into online because I wasn't sure if the paywall thing would be, you know, good. Since you know, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe you can g- tell. Yeah, us the more. game has a weird reputation, unfortunately. Um, because I think a lot of people think that it's keeping Bethesda from working on Elder Scrolls 7 or 6, I guess it would be. Really? The, what would be? Skyrim yeah. is 5, right? Yeah, that's right. Skyrim 2. It's keeping them from working on Skyrim 2. <laughs> um, but that, that, is, that is inaccurate in because Bethesda it doesn't even make um, Elder Scrolls Online. It's made by ZeniMax. I was about to say, it's yeah. It's a t- totally different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as far as MMOs go, it's one of the most soloable MMOs I've played besides uh, Asheron's Call, which is like an old, 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 one of the first MMOs. But uh, I got back into Elder Scrolls Online because it seemed like they had finally figured out how to make it an Elder Scrolls experience, meaning when it came out, it was level locked. You know, you had to be a certain level to get to certain areas of the map. But now they've made it several years ago they made it so that you can go anywhere at any level and all of the monsters are sort of uh skilled to your current level Mm -hmm. and so there's tons of story in this game i mean it is outrageous it's like three it's like oblivion skyrim and morrowind put together in terms of how many quests and stories there are and how much lore and backstory it's it's unbelievable the amount of work they put into this game. And and it makes sense because it's a real cash cow for them. Um, but I, I love the game. It's got some great systems. It's got great, like, really good end game content. The, uh, the, you can play story mode to level up fully, and it's all really, really fun, interesting stories, great characters. It's fully voice acted, which for an MMO is pretty, pretty rare. I, I think if you're, like, in the mood to try an MMO and you haven't tried it, you, you owe yourself a favor and to try it but um again it's an mmo so you know it has a lot of the f- 
sort of grindy aspects that all MMOs have now. Um, like crafting takes forever. It's literally takes for <laughs> it literally takes months to get a max maximum level crafter, for example. Wow. So so it's got that kind of thing, but not not months of actual playtime. Just literally months of like you click a button and then come back in thirty days and <laughs> it'll be done researching and then you can research something else. Wow. You know. Um, uh, two questions about the game because I don't really, I haven't really looked into it. One, is there still a subscription service for this game? And two, how big is the yeah. map? Oh, the map is gigantic. Like it's, it's literally like Skyrim is itself is like five percent of the map. Like so, you could the go Skyrim game. Oh. Like the just the 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 area of Skyrim within that game of Skyrim is. Maybe it's not it. So this game has all the areas of no Tamriel, which way. is like, so, like even Morrowind. So they, and and yeah. Yep. Morrowind was just an expansion they released last year that it has all of Morrowind. Um, and it is sort of like a scaled down version of it. There's not as much dead space in between the key sort of markers, but it is a like it is a map. It's the map is exactly the same. Like you'll recognize tons of locations from the Morrowind game if you get the Morrowind yeah it it's awesome and it's got like a whole bunch of areas that have never been in a in a Elder Scrolls game or were only sort of intimated at in in them um, or maybe they were in like the very first one which I think had like an amazingly large map but just wasn't populated and so the new expansion they have is the Somerset Isles which are an area that uh, I think would be ripe for a full Skyrim type game. I mean, there's so much to the to their geography. Uh, there's a lot. It's huge. Um, in terms of the subscription, there is a subscription. It's wholly optional. You can absolutely play the game out of the box without it. However, if you want to craft, you kind of need a subscription because it comes with this thing called the craft bag, which means you all your crafting materials you have unlimited space for them as long as you're subscribed so so it it's super annoying to play the game to craft without the crafting bag and the only way to get it is to subscribe so i really only play it if i'm subscribed but i'll you know i'll play it for like two months and then take a big break is what i do without having to buy it. So, so it's, it, it's not, it's definitely worth it to subscribe. Um, just be strategic about it, you know? Yeah. Like if you know, you're going to be, if you know, you're going to be playing for a lot for the next month, then subscribe. But if you think like, just pay attention and don't like pay for 10 months when you aren't playing it, which I have done <laughs> not for this game, but I did that for world of Warcraft. I think I paid for my brother's world of Warcraft count account for two years without knowing it. Wow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. That, that'll happen when you don't pay attention to your, uh, to your finances. <laughs> Do you know how wow. many people play this per month? How many active users there so, are? I don't, uh, I know that, um, you know, according to some sort of light, like they don't, publish that data so no one really knows for sure but you can see on steam how many people have it on steam and how many are active on steam and sort of you can project out from that and i know that several like you know mmo website publication sites have they claim that it's like the second most populated game behind world of warcraft and it obviously it's way behind world of warcraft still i can't believe that game i mean 
if I could digress again, I can't believe how popular World of Warcraft still is. I know. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> like, I-, I played it in beta and I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> not into it. And then it became the biggest game of all time, or not of all time, but like so big and it's still big. It's crazy. Wasn't it like 14 years ago when it came out? That sounds about right. Wow. Yeah. It's been that long. I'm trying to, I, I can look real quick, but. Um, yeah, no, no, no. It's, I think it was 2004. That sounds right because I can, I can remember the apartment I was living in at the time. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Ryan, what are you what are you looking forward to the most at E3? Uh well, my good friend um, Justin Roiland, co-creator of Rick and Morty, is his. He has a video game company, a VR company called Squanch, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are, I believe. God, I hope I'm not. Uh, I hope I'm not revealing something. Crossing any. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. So I'm not going to say any details, but they're uh, they they they're definitely like presenting something there. Cool. Um, that I'm I'm excited about. So I I hope I'm excited for everyone else to see it too. Now, are you going to be there at E3 on the show floor? I won't. I've never been. Have you guys been, Elisa? I was there last year, and. It was crazy because last year was the first time that it was opened up to non-business people. I can honestly say that it was a five-to-one ratio of fans versus industry people. Wow. And that was... Wow. I know. And that was insane. It was a lot of fun. A lot of companies from AAA to indie, but it was just crowded and sometimes super obnoxious. But overall, it was... a good time i want to go cool. i've never been <laughs> i know i do i do want to go to also they've actually made it so that the first two days of e3 now are specifically for people in the industry and the last two days are for fans so that should hopefully lighten up the load of how crowded the stable center is that's uh that's what they do at um tokyo game show as well yeah, is is that that like the that's like Japanese E three? I know. Japanese, yeah, Basically, yeah, no, that's, that's terrible that's way it. to put it. It but, is. But, no, yeah, but, uh, you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Just knowing from the schedule that was released, so these companies are having press conferences: EA, Microsoft, Bethesda, Devolver, which I don't know what Devolver is. I'm not sure what game oh. they developed. Oh, they made um uh, Shadow Warrior one and two. I have those Ooh. games. Yeah, <laughs> I think I played a little bit of Shadow Warrior One, and it was badass. It's so cool. I love that game so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, Square Enix. Oh God, I don't even want to talk about Kingdom Hearts right now. Ubisoft. We're not. <laughs> Ubisoft, PC gaming show, Sony, and Nintendo. Nintendo's the last pr- conference. Ooh, because you know they're gonna bring out Smash, and it's gonna be say, crazy. You, I was about to say they're gonna. They're going to do something huge as the last conference. I'm crossing my fingers for Animal Crossing. Give me Animal Crossing. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> if Animal Crossing 2 or like the next iteration comes out, oh, man, game over. <laughs> yeah, they're the last one and they're only they're the only one on Tuesday, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're in Moscow. 
<laughs> Sony is also then uh, then Sony is also on Tuesday <laughs> at two a.m. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, in local time, they're the only one that actually goes on uh, Tuesday morning. Looks like mm-hmm. interesting. They get the whole day to themselves. They're gonna take their time showing Smash. Yeah, it's gonna be Metroid. a twelve-hour conference. <laughs> oh man, conference. a twenty-four-hour conference. Be- but you know everyone's going to be glued to it, just watching, seeing what they're going to talk about. Yep. yep. I always look forward to the videos where people where people hate what's revealed. Like I I I, I, I watched the video for the the Dota two card game reveal. You guys remember that? Oh yeah, I love seeing people's reactions. Yes, I watch that like once a month just for laughs. Like it's so funny to me. Like it's the it's the like it's this, what's it called? It's called. Um, artifact so yeah so it's like this new it's it's valve introducing a new product a new logo comes up for this new thing no one's ever heard of artifact yeah it says artifact and the crowd is going bananas they're so excited and then the words the dota card game just like fade in underneath it and the whole crowd just goes oh no it's like it's like all like like they go from the highest highs to the lowest lows and, and they could not have timed it more hilariously because like, what a terrible decision everyone wanted do- everyone yeah. wanted half-life 3 that's all they wanted <laughs> or, or a new IP from Valve. I mean, can you imagine that would just like exp- would blow the ceiling off the place? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Valve Valve has bought Campo Sampo, Santo in the past month. Yeah, I, I think Valve is, they're a services company now. Like even Artifact is like definitely just trying to cash in on the Hearthstone thing. Is And the game looks fun, actually. I, I'm a big CCG guy. I've played Magic for years. Um so I follow these like card games and even artifact looks like they just brought a team of, you know, tabletop designers in basically digital card game designers in to make this game. But like they valve isn't really, they don't really make games anymore from what I can tell. They make monetization systems. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was wondering is like, is this studio That's now going to be making more games? Because they only made Firewatch. Or are they going to integrate them into the, the greater Valve empire and just have them service like CSGO or whatever other Valve property? I'm worried about that because I want them to keep making more games. I want Campo Santo to make like a more narrative-driven game like in a new in a Valve property or like you know in, in Portal or Half-Life or just make a completely new IP because that would be awesome. Yeah, that seems like such a weird acquisition for them because mm-hmm. firewatch is a really specific game and it's not the kind of game that valve is known for yeah at all i agree and it, so we'll see what happens yeah that that's really interesting i didn't know that um i'm intrigued i hope they don't just like put them to work on something <laughs> that they're not you know that they're like because firewatch was a cool game and really well is really thoughtful game and I think that that's obviously the one of their strengths, and to use them on something else would be a waste. I agree because I, I there's a lot of potential for something just, new. You you buy this company that has this promising, new, thoughtful, interesting game that's you know kind of pushing the boundaries, and you just make everyone design Team Fortress Two hats for the rest of their lives. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that's why they open it up for the community because the developers got lazy and they're like, community, submit your ideas for new hats. And then they start submitting yeah. ideas. They're like, all right, we'll just pay you for these hat designs. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, 
Yeah, Alisa, what about you? What are you most excited for at E3? I have a gut feeling that um, Square Enix is going to release something that's not Kingdom Hearts, but it's going to be like a new game of some sort. So I, so I don't think they're going to reveal the date of Kingdom Hearts 3, because that's just what Square Enix does, but I have a feeling they're going to release something completely new, like just show a, a trailer for it. It's, it's got to be that Avengers game. Because they showed that teaser trailer, like, how many years ago? And now, with Avengers Infinity War out and the second one coming out next year, I'm sure they're going to release it in between then, right? Yeah, they're definitely, they definitely, most likely, they're going to capitalize on that. Especially because, most likely, all of PlayStation's E3 booth and uh, press is going to be about the new Spider-Man game. Yeah, so why not throw another Marvel game in there just to mix things up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah, and then also, I really, really hope that PlayStation talks more about Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yes. I really want them to, because after Paris Games Week, I was really hyped about that, and you sort of been have have had things sprinkled on, but I hope that there's more stuff about it, because I'd be really excited. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then... And then also, I'm just waiting for the shit show that Death Stranding's gonna show this time around, because... When they showed stuff last year, I was like, I don't even know what was the last 15 minutes that I watched. Yeah. So I can't wait for more confusion and more, what the hell am I, what the hell's going on right here? <laughs> and then Kojima's going to give. Gaffes. Yeah, yeah. Gaffes are, that, that's <laughs> the funnest part about E3 is like these people who are very bad at press conferences for some reason. <laughs> and they're so cringy. I love that. <laughs> There's a. There's a subreddit called Starter Packs, and it's just like a meme about like people wearing, like people like being a certain way or acting a certain way. And there was like sure. an E3 E3 developer starter pack where they showed like E3 presenter developer starter pack, and they showed like a blazer and a white t-shirt and like a, a t-shirt, yeah. like a gaming t-shirt. And then uh, like today we have an innovation to present to you, or like today we we have something. Like that'll blow your mind. Like, and then they'll have like some witty joke that they're gonna say. I'm like, man, this is it's too on point because every year they all the all these presenters always say the same cringy dialogue, and it's so bad. I don't understand why they don't hire prov- professional presenters to yeah. do this stuff. Like hype men, <laughs> or just someone who's comfortable on stage. Like it feels like these yeah. people have never been on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Last year was really weird. I th- want to say it was the EA press conference where they hired a YouTuber that I oh, never heard of. Jesse Wellens. And he like, he's like, I want to thank you, uh, Nick. And he like shook his, shook his hand awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man. It was so bad. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like, hey guys, I'm Jesse Wellens. You might know me from YouTube and doing YouTube pranks. And no one's like, no one says anything. All you hear is like, <laughs> In the background, <laughs> I was like, oh god, <laughs> so cringy. <laughs> I know it's not even a YouTube gamer. That's the thing that annoyed me. Of like, it's not even someone relevant. Yeah, yeah. Like, bring out fucking PewDiePie or someone, like someone relevant. Yeah. Not him. <laughs> yeah, not, not a prankster, him, but someone like him. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so like, like Jacksepticeye or Mark Markiplier, you know, just or, someone or that the plays game games. grumps, you know. Yeah, someone yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, uh, Dan from the Game Grumps would be perfect. He has tons of stage experience. He's in a band. I second that. Performs on stage all the time. Like, I think he'd be amazing. The thing is, do you want to spend money on him? I feel like they're always, they always just have 
someone who has to be there anyways do it <laughs> to save money or something, but they're spending so much money on these things. Like what's an yep. extra 10 grand to have Dan from Game Grumps deliver your your message instead of someone who's never been on stage before. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. But, no. you know, on the other hand, I wouldn't get to laugh at how awkward they are. It's so. true. <laughs> it's like you can either have someone that'll bring a wider audience of, of like young tweens to your stage, or you can have Peter Molyneux. <laughs> like, which one do you want? I right. want Peter. I want to laugh at Peter Molyneux. <laughs> like, that's yeah, what yeah, I want exactly. to do. Also, um, Hitman 2 got leaked. Oh. That's, one of the, that's one of the latest leaks that came out. Yeah, I saw that, and I'm really and actually. And Forza Horizon Four. Forza. All these, thing, all of these things just got leaked. I oh, I love Hitman, and I, I've never played Forza, but I love racing games, and I love like just looking at virtual cars and pretending I own them because I can't buy them in real life. So <laughs> I, I want to. I can't wait to play that too. <laughs> uh, I haven't played a racing game in ages. I used to play Trackmania um, United, which I love. Uh, but I got one, when I got my Vive, my HC Vive, I tried a racing game because it seems mm-hmm. like a total fit, right? Like even using a keyboard, it seems like a fit, mm-hmm, but it made mm-hmm. me so nauseous, like right away. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, can't play this game. I just game. feel like you'll, you'll just get sick of seeing that because it's, it's like your brain's telling you something else. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I, I did try it at the very beginning. Now I, my VR legs are definitely like stronger mm-hmm. and I don't get nauseous as much. So I should try it again and see if I can hack it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure with this, with Ether coming up, they're going to release more details about probably more racing games for the Vive and just more stuff in general for VR. I, I can't, I want to see v- more VR, man. Yeah. It feels like we, we had this big ramp up of like really cool new stuff. And then it's kind of like, uh, plateaued in terms of the quality of stuff that's coming out. There's, you know, every so often a really cool game comes out that kind of uses older technology. Like there's that uh, lightsaber game that's pretty cool right now, mm-hmm. but that's basically just audio shield, but with yeah. a lightsaber instead of a shield. Yeah. So I, I want, I want to see someone like really push the boundaries. Yeah. Of, yeah. of VR. I, I think about. I want to say the E3 that was two or three years ago. It, there was so much hype about VR. All of these mm-hmm. different platforms were coming out and then all of a sudden it's i don't even think it's plateaued i think it's just it's just start starting to dissipate yeah i haven't heard a lot about vr and i think part of the issue too is now companies are like oh ar so i so i think part of the reason why vr is kind of being a little bit forgotten about is because they just quickly moved on to ar yeah or in trying to figure out ar i mean yeah, it's like they saw some, a new shiny thing to chase after for sure. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I, I still have high hopes. It's not progressing technologically like the the new Vive 2.0 or whatever. It was like a really small incremental step in quality. Definitely not what I was hoping for and certainly not at the price that they're asking. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But Have you ever used a Microsoft HoloLens before? No, but my brother is obsessed with uh, obsessed with that, and he was showing me some demos of stuff. It looks phenomenal. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's it's out of this world, literally. Yeah, it looks amazing. He he does. Yeah, my brother does data analysis for uh, stock trading. Whoa. He did, um, <laughs> yeah, he worked at a company that did. He was like the lead programmer at a company that did data analysis of high frequency stock trading, and he was using <laughs> AR to like 
do visual representations of the data, like within the space of his office. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he, he's like a coding rock star in the finance world. <laughs> That's insane. But uh, yeah, no, Hollands is awesome. So maybe we'll see some more stuff about that during this. Yeah, I'm, I haven't heard much about games for it, though. So I, I'm definitely excited. Yeah, there was only that Minecraft thing. But then even that, I'm like, okay, it's just like a proof of concept. It's more not really a, a demo per se. So yeah. Yeah. we'll see. Yeah, it's still very early. It reminds me of like the very first Oculus dev kit where it was like really rough, mm-hmm. almost like experiences instead of actual interactive games. Yeah, it's it's. I'm sure it's still rough right now. They're probably going to release a new version in the next like couple years because it, it looks really big and bulky and the battery life is not that great. So hopefully we'll see something, some more software and hardware coming out for HoloLens in the near future. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. What else about ETH? Oh, uh, let's talk about Fallout seventy six, huh? Since we mentioned. Oh it. yeah. So that's um, I'm so the the developers or someone said it was a cross between like Daisy or or Rust. Like it's very similar to that. But then Rust, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. I played Rust and I actually didn't like it because every time I spawned, I kept dying in one server. I'm like, well, please, please, guys, let me have a chance. Um, so I'm hoping that this isn't like Rust because I, I really don't want to see a bunch of people building like absurdly tall bases and just running around naked screaming at you and trying to kill you like 24 seven. I honestly, I want this to be more like Borderlands and that's what I hope it, it will be like. Mm, interesting. Well, I do think that base building is going to be a huge part of it from what I can tell. And because it was such a big part of like the later plant, like the later releases of Fallout 4 were kind of seemed really focusing on that base, the base building aspect. So I could definitely see that. I mean, Rust is, is a very loose game. <laughs> like, and it, I, I mean, I've had some of my most memorable gaming moments in my life playing Rust, but I can't say I really enjoyed them. They were definitely memorable though. Like the time some strangers found my brother and I spawned naked, gave <laughs> one of, gave us each a rock and told us to kill each other um, or they would kill us both. Oh, um, they wanted us to fight for their enjoyment. Wow, <laughs> that is insane. It was pretty fun, and it was a weird, like, uh, social kind of interaction, definitely. But uh, I don't mm-hmm. know that I would call that like a game that I want to regularly play. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun for like a couple days. So I don't know. I I know there's people who play the crap out of those games, though. So yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I think but, that, yeah, uh, you know what they need to do is they need to fix the rich get richer, the poor get poorer problem that Rust has. Mm. You know, like you really can't compete if you aren't there way at, like if you don't start ahead of time, ahead, like whoever starts building first in a game is going to be the like the person who controls the map basically. Yeah. And it's really hard to like, there's no mechanic for like overtaking a really successful group of people. So I they they got to figure that out, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Since Rust has that, that that huge problem, and uh, Daisy did too, where you could just find a bunch of attack helicopters and land it at a certain base, and you could just collect a bunch of guns and ammo and just loot, like just drop it off, you know, wherever. And after a while, like that, you're you're it. That that's it. Like there's no end game. That's the end game. And it's yeah, just, like where do you go from there? Yeah, and and the funny thing is, like a lot of those strategies you can just read on on the internet, like. In Rust, it was ideal to make like a honeycomb shape to your base. 
mm-hmm. so that you could protect the rooms like individually from each other. And so like once you know that and you do that, then it's not fun anymore, you know, <laughs> because you're yeah. just w- being on top isn't fun unless you're a sadist and uh, <laughs> being on bottom isn't fun because most likely there's a sadist on top. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, being in the middle, middle class, just, you just got to be middle class. Yeah, there is no middle class in Rust. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's what they need to do. True. They need to make sure that, they get, that that's a good way to put it is they need to make sure that in Fallout 76 that there's a robust middle class, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. But uh, who knows? Like, we don't know anything about the games right yeah. now. Like, yeah. We'll find out. We'll all find out. In mere days. Yes, yeah. Did you know that for Fallout 76, there were two uh, two st- uh, pre-order listings? One was on Amazon that said that the release date was on July 31st this year, so next month. And then Whoa. another one was on December 31st next year. So... There's Wait, a- December thirty first, two thousand nineteen. Exactly. So I think. What? Like, so I think what. But I think that happened be- as a placeholder because someone accidentally leaked. It was supposed to come out of July this year. So now people are saying like, "Oh, is it actually going to come out next month?" And that's why all of a sudden Bethesda's going full force into advertising and marketing this. Or was this just like a random mistake by an intern? <laughs> That's interesting. I feel like December 31st, 2019 is like just saying, oh, it's going to come out in 2019. And we'll just pick, you know, they, they just they, they, no one is going to release a game on the 31st of December. Like they're going to release it. They're going to just get it out three weeks before that. Especially after yeah. the shopping season. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly my point. Yeah. That's usually um, a placeholder date. It is a Tuesday, though, which is the day that the game <laughs> that games are generally released. So. I, yeah, yeah. I did just check. July thirty first this year is a Tuesday. Huh. Well, yeah. look at that. Yeah, I have a dentist appointment that day. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to cancel it if Fallout seventy six comes out. <laughs> your your dentist is like, aren't you going to get seventy six? And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> My dentist is 76. I highly doubt oh. it. <laughs> I'm 76. Are you going to play Fallout 76? Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm really surprised that it's not a Battle Royale game. I mean, that's the hot hot thing right now, right? I, I, I Maybe. Maybe. It, it could be. <laughs> when they first said that it was going to be online. That was my first thought. I thought that it was going to take advantage of this whole battle Royale fa- um, trend. I mean, couldn't going it just on. be a battle Royale game with base building? I mean, that's what rust is though. Really? Although maybe no crafting, like maybe you just, you find the guns, maybe the guns aren't crafted. Like in rust, everything's crafted, but maybe you just craft the base and the re- the rest mm. of it, like the guns and stuff is more like PUBG or Fortnite. Oh wait, yeah. do you craft Ooh, guns in those games? I should I I don't want to sound like an idiot. I've never actually played. Oh, uh, no, you just pick yeah. up games I think you just and pick PUBG. Them up, yeah, yeah. They're just on the ground and you yeah, just find or you it. you take it off the bodies of your victims, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It's true. <laughs> also, I'm also excited for Ghost of Tsushima, the like whatever they're going to talk about it. Nintendo, Smash obviously, Star Fox, they said they might be there. Oh, there's a new Pokémon uh, game too, right? Uh hopefully Animal Crossing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So let's go Pikachu and Eevee, but also they said a hardcore Pokemon game is going to come out, like like one in the the color or like Jewel series. Yeah, I just so we'll I see. was just I just saw this on Reddit about the Pokemon game, how it's going to be for f- older fans of the thing, new new generation Pokemon, like new Pokemon that haven't been in games before, but the game itself will be more for mm-hmm. for experienced Pokemon people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The hardcore says, fans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not an entry point and made for longtime fans. This is on Twitter. So let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee then are only going to be focused in the Kanto region if they're going to be remakes of Pokemon Yellow okay. to some degree. Yeah, uh, It's the only It's only the first oh, 151 okay. Pokemon. Not every, Everyone at this point, new and old fans of Pokemon are familiar with that. And uh, so, I mean, it's definitely an entry yeah. point into the Pokemon. I mean, really, series. I just want to capture a little creature, store it in a ball, and subjugate it to my will for eternity. <laughs> make it fight whenever I decide that I want it to fight. <laughs> like, when you think about Pokemon, it's pretty messed up, actually. <laughs> it it's super messed up. Like that's why there's there there's no PETA in that world because if there was, they would have a fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not animals; they're Pokemon. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also questions like it, 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 in, in the show for the ethical treatment of Pokemon. Yeah, right. It, but in the show, it's like where do they, where do humans get their meat from? Like where do all these things come from? Like do they kill Pokemon and eat them? Yeah. There's, there's a whole they, they, yeah. yeah. What is there's Brock, a whole question. What, what is Brock really cooking? We maybe we'll never know. <laughs> and why why don't we see like the Ratatata farm? Yeah, there's like it's like a just. <laughs> thousands upon thousands of ratatas just crawling all over each other <laughs> i i gotta say like for me e3 is like definitely more com- console oriented um so for me it's not as interesting mm-hmm. as i want it to be i know a lot of these games will be ported and that's great um but like i really am curious about there's a lot of games like that i'm curious about that are you know like diablo 4 if that if that ever got announced i'd be going nuts right like yeah so so as a pc gamer i don't know if e3 is as much for me as uh like the valve one what's the valve one uh that, when they when they they do their like conference thing that's a, or, or what's the one that happens in seattle pax, um, pax. arcade expo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that one's more, way more pc game oriented absolutely absolutely speaking of online games but um blizzard just revealed that there's gonna that a new Diablo game is going to come out, but no one. Oh, they are. They no are. one knows what that. Are you serious? No one knows what that means, though. <laughs> whether that means a Diablo four or like. I feel like a god right now. I just mentioned <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. offhand, and you're like, "Oh yeah, no, actually, they 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 just announced it." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I willed it into being. It's going to be a Diablo card game. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds amazing. To be honest, I can't get enough of these card games. I play them all, so yeah. and I'll definitely play Artifact. But I understand that no, it's not fine. everyone's as excited about them as I am. <laughs> but it's no, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be obviously gonna be a, a battle royale game set in the Diablo universe. Oh, beautiful, right? beautiful. <laughs> everyone's favorite. <laughs> I think I think that leak happened because all of a sudden Blizzard posted all these job listings for engineer, dungeon artist, producer, director, and then Blizzard confirmed that it's for an unannounced Diablo project. Hmm. Wow. Well, I hope it is Diablo 4. 
Um, I know Diablo three has like a bad reputation because when it came out, it was pretty wonky with the auction house and stuff, but it has become a pretty amazing game over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And I'd be excited to see how they evolve it. Dang, it's already been yeah. six years since Diablo 3. That's it? Actually, it seems I know. Like I was about to say, it feels yeah. like it's been 10 years or something. Yeah, I thought it, yeah, I always thought it came out like way before that. No, not because I'm remembering which apartment I lived in. <laughs> <laughs> Frame of reference are the apartments. <laughs> it's literally, that's it. Yeah. Um, let me see. It says here, yeah, um, released. 2012 may 15th 2012 so yeah only six years wow i thought it was okay early. so i i have memories of playing this game in an apartment and that i didn't live at in 2012 <laughs> so, i don't know how that works but well that's that's good i mean well maybe they'll talk about more of that reveal in, in e3 yeah that'd be cool does blizzard are they usually active at e3 uh, i i don't think they have been since there's BlizzCon now, right? They they kind of toned back down. I mean, they they do oh, they they'll like too, yeah. announce like little tiny stuff, but nothing crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's a good press opportunity, right? Like, if you do have something to announce, of course you're going to take that opportunity to put it up on you know in front of the bright lights. Yeah, but probably you're going to try to make it any big announcements happen at your own thing. Mm. Yeah, that's true. No press, no. Because why, why, why spend all that money on BlizzCon if you're not gonna take advantage of it? You know, exactly. exactly. No, that's true. But but no no pr bad pr like no press is bad press, right? So, or what was the thing? It's like no bad press is bad no good press. press. Is, I forget. Bad press is still <laughs> press. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> all press matters. Guys. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. So to end the podcast, we have questions. And so for this week, we're going to mix it up because not only do we have just questions about yourself, Ryan, we also have listener questions. And you're totally welcome to answer all the listener questions that we have this week. It's kind of fun. People from, people from around the world send us questions. And I still can't get over that fact. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. On my podcast, we, we tried to solicit questions and we'd get one or two a week from the same two people. So uh, it's, it's harder harder than it seems to get listener questions. So I'm impressed. All right. So Divine Eater Aaron on our Discord asks, Vampire? Question mark. Thoughts? Yes or no to playing it? Also, are you watching the World Cup and who will your team be? Um, I'll go first. Vampire, I have seen the trailer. I've seen gameplay videos of it. My thoughts are that I think it's really cool. It's a really cool game. I think I'll pick it up, but not at full price. I'm going to wait a little bit since um, there's a kind of a mixed consensus about the game. I think that it looks really cool graphically. I think the storyline is interesting. I think that gameplay mechanics are really cool, too. Um, will I play it? Uh, like I mentioned before, I think I will play it, but I'll just wait for it to go down. Um Am I watching the World Cup? I don't really follow soccer that much, to be honest. But if I had to pick a team, it would be Manchester United because their name sounds cool. So basically, England then. <laughs> yes, England. That's like picking the. That's like picking the New England Patriots. <laughs> like always the best. Oh, so really? I have no idea. Them, or the Yankees. It's like picking the Yankees. Like they spend the most money. I think. I don't know. I don't know that much about soccer. Either. There we go. <laughs> um, so just yeah. to clarify, Vampire is basically 
about a vampire who needs to stay alive by sucking blood, obviously, but also has to keep people alive who are dying from a flu, right? Yeah, he, <laughs> he's a new vampire from what I read. Like, he just became a vampire or something, and he's uh, helping people out during the, the Spanish... And Guys... Let me help you out because I played the first uh, hour of the game. Right there we go. All right. There we go. <laughs> Lay it on us. Yes. I, it just, on us. I just got it today. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines game from way back. Ah, It's a super cool game, like really, really inventive for the time. And this game intrigued me because it seems very similar. And I got to say the game is pretty freaking cool. The first hour... Um, I really have been enjoying. It's exciting. One of the things that really excites me is that the way that you, the difficulty level is dynamic. Uh, the game is hard if you don't eat, kill and eat civilians. Um, it's easy if you do, like you get more experience from killing and eating civilians. So then you can level up your abilities faster, but you can also choose not to. And then the game is much, much harder. You have less abilities to work with. So that factor alone is really cool. In addition, you can make your civilian targets juicier sort of uh, by learning more about them. The more you know about them story-wise, the more experience points they're worth when you do finally kill them. So it's sort of like you can kind of like groom these civilians to be like your, you know, your feed bags for giant experience point boosts if you want, which I find, I, I find is like a really interesting um, choice dynamic in, in the game. The sort of the action combat is pretty, it's pretty straightforward. You have cool abilities that are based on blood, like, uh, you know, it's really one of the first abilities that I got was you, you throw a blood spear, <laughs> which is like <laughs> it's just like a lance that sh of blood that shoots through anything in its path, which is kind of a cool thing. But you also have claws you can level up. And there's also this smoke, uh, this uh, cloud. It's sort of it's almost like you've got um, warrior, archer, mage, but they're sort of hidden in the ability. So like the the claws are like the warrior ability. The archer is the blood spear ability. And then the mage is like this cloud thing that confuses your enemies, I think. I think, yeah, it's like a bomb that enshrouds them in darkness and then you can go in and kill them. Oh, uh, okay. But you also get weapons and stuff. Like I just got this two-handed scythe that I could use to battle with right, right when I had to close down. So it seems like a pretty deep game. I'm excited for it. Uh and the world is fascinating, actually. Mm. It is like you said. You're trying to find, you're trying to find like the the sort of vampire that's responsible for killing all these people in this area, as well as like dealing with healing the people that are sick. Um, and they, they sort of had this moment early on in the game where they're like, "It's easier to it's easier to kill than to heal." He says at one point in a flashback, and you're like, "Okay, I get it. Yeah." Um, the game will be easier if I kill people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's, they're spelling it out in, in, in that way, but uh, it, it's an interesting premise. I, I'm, I think I'm hooked. I'm going to definitely put some time into it. Yeah. Do you feel bad when you kill people? I think the idea is that the more you learn about them, the harder it's going to be emotionally and morally to kill them, <laughs> but the bigger reward you will get from it. So I'm hoping there is that push and pull there where I will feel bad. You know, 
Like mm-hmm. very rarely does a game have a mechanic where you feel bad for killing someone. It's pretty rare. Like I can think of like the little sisters in in uh, Bioshock, for example. Ah, like yeah. if you kill them, you get immense power, but it's like really difficult to kill a child in a game. <laughs> at least for me. Um, I agree. You know, tweet at me if it's easy for you to kill a child. But. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm hoping there is that dynamic where I like learn. I'm like grooming this person to want to like be a really good reward when I do kill them. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to kill them now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Do you think there you'll play it? Uh, you'll have a playthrough where you'll just kill everyone. So that's kind of what I set out my first one <laughs> just because I like, I don't like games to be that hard and it seems like more fun to unlock abilities. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to do that, but I sort of set a rule where I want to unlock all there is to know about a person before I feed on them. So I want to get the maximum value before I do it. Like, I don't want to be greedy and just kill someone right away before I know anything about them. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely tons of of bad guys that you kill that aren't related to that, you know, and you could run past them if you really want to try a no killing run. I think that's possible. But it's the the NPCs that you talk to and interact with. Those are the ones that you learn about. Okay. And uh, how about the World Cup? <laughs> are you watching it? Do you have a team? <laughs> Not following. <laughs> Not following it. <laughs> Where is it even? I didn't even know it was going on. That's how it's in Russia that. this year. Russia. Okay. So it's on at like. 2 a.m. then. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I will definitely not be watching it. I got to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was really cool about the Olymp... Actually, I'm not sure what... Depending on what part of Russia, I'm not sure. Because I love unified sports. <laughs> 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 yeah. God, there's nothing I love more than when different countries play together, play sports together. But what was cool about the Korean Olympics this year was that their daytime was landed exactly at 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. So you actually got to see a lot of the events live. Mm, okay, yeah. So part of um, so Korea does align with a part of Russia. So if it was on that side of Russia, we might be able to see live games again oh. and not at ridiculous hours. Yeah, yeah. My guess is it's in Moscow, right? Would would or Saint Petersburg, which are both on the western side i think i could be i think the eastern yes. side. god i i'm just making a fool of myself here but <laughs> no no, no i actually think i think you're correct it's on the western side that's closer to europe yeah so so i there's certainly not having the world cup in siberia so we don't have to worry about that <laughs> we can cross that off mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i'm excited for that actually it's. I think it starts next week too. Starts the same week as E three. Oh Man, wow! When it rains, it pours, guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so, Elisa, thoughts on Vampire? Did you do you think you already expressed them enough, or are you watching the World Cup? Yeah. So I didn't find out about Vampire until last week. So I've only been really watching a lot of trailers. I think the concept's really interesting, and mm. as as a person who really likes storytelling games and learning about the different characters i don't know i just feel like i would feel really bad playing this (laughs) well the good thing is you literally don't have to kill them you know that is a good point i could take the harder route but feel consciously better so 
Um, I would play it. I'll probably watch for a price drop sure. until I do. Um, by default, I always cheer for Argentina. There's really there's no reason why. Um, I like watching. Um, I like watching South American football. And I don't know. I just think a lot well, of their. You can p- tell she's a fan. Called <laughs> yeah. football. There's a a lot of their players. Um, instead of being brute force, it feel it's feels more like a team game. So I I like watching, um, a lot of South American teams. So I just default to Argentina. Okay. Cool. And they're good, right? Like they usually yeah. do really well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Usually Argentina and Brazil and I want to say Chile, but I. I don't represent a country that's good at soccer. The U.S. isn't even in the World Cup this year. <laughs> yep. So, yep. got to default to other people. <laughs> there you go. Ryan, my question for you is, how did you come to know Justin Roiland? Yeah, um, Justin and I became friends. Well, So, do you guys know what Channel 101 is? Yep. It's like a... Yes. Yeah, so it's so it's like for your listeners, it's a it's a LA based short film competition, kind of that predates YouTube, and it's sort of like every month people make these little five minute TV shows, and then the audience votes for their favorites. The top vote getters get to make the next episode in the series. And I met Justin at Channel One Hundred One in two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand five. Uh, my first screening I went to was the first episode of his series House of Cosby's which if you haven't seen, I highly recommend. It still holds up despite what happened with Bill Cosby. Just to, just for, just pretend like you live in a world where none of that news came out. I know, I know that's like whatever. Mm-hmm. It sucks. But it's really funny. Really funny show. I immediately was like, this guy is a genius. Every other thing he made after that that I watched was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I loved his stuff. Even when the audience didn't vote for it, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at one point, he was in another little Channel 101 show that was shooting. They were filming at the office that I worked at um, when I worked on commercials. I worked in a studio. So sometimes I would let people film their 101 shows there. And he was in an episode there. And like in between takes or whatever, when he wasn't working, he came up to me and he was like, Hey, I'm working on this little one-on-one short and I need some music. I just need some music to like transition, like sitcom style transition from scene to scene. And it's based on back to the future. Can you do like a little sitcom style (laughs) transition? I know exactly. Back to the future music. Uh. (laughs) And it, it ended up, it ended up that it was uh, the real adventures of doc and Marty, which is what the characters that Rick and Morty are based on. So the very first thing that I did for him was this thing that eventually became Rick and Morty, which I think is very poetic. But yeah. So for many, many years, I, you know, he and I hit it off pretty well. We have a lot of similar interests. He's way into gaming, uh, board gaming, tabletop, um, card gaming, video gaming, of course, you know, he was one of the first people I knew who had, he had one of the original first 1500 Oculus dev kits. So like I was trying VR at his house like years before, before it was really a thing. Um, Like he's, he's hardcore into games, which I am too. So, and then for a while we lived near each other. So we hung out a lot and we became friends and when he had been pitching a lot of shows to Fox and stuff along the way, Nickelodeon Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I always worked on those pitches but when when he so you know when it came time to pitch Rick and Morty 
I think, you know, I was just like, at that point I was kind of his guy. I was his go-to guy at that point. So, you know, I was of course happy to jump on board in any way. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's just, he's been a, been a good friend of mine for many years. Have you ever played, uh, have, have you ever played the, uh, Rick and Morty VR game, Regality? Yes. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. See, here's the thing. Here's what I love about it. There's so very few, there's so, there's so little Rick and Morty content that I don't already know about by the time it comes out. So I was super excited because I didn't work on that. So I got to, it was like watching a couple episodes of the show that I had never seen before, which I see them so early and in such a rough form that I don't like get that experience of seeing the finished product first. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty, pretty, I was really excited to get it. And I knew like, of course it was going to be amazing because it was, what are they called? Alchemy Studios and Justin working together. Like it seemed like a match made in heaven. So I was pretty, I was pretty excited and it's fun as hell. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. And guys, Morty proclaims that he's vegan and it's canon in that. So Whoa. What? No way. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm vegan now, okay? And that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it's a fun game. If you have if you have a VR system, I recommend it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll get one anytime soon, but to our listeners, definitely check it out. I mean yeah, I think it's on PlayStation VR. So oh, sweet! It, it, it's I a seated. On, ex- I know for sure it's on Vive. I don't well, know yeah, about the definitely other it's it's on Steam, uh, and I'm ninety ninety nine percent sure it's also available for Oculus. Um, it's not a room scale type game. You don't have to move around. Um, it's it's really confined to sort of three or four areas that are just like not seated experience, but uh, definitely just like immediate vicinity type thing so mm-hmm. although you do spin fully around so maybe it is room, maybe it does require room scale I, I could be wrong kind of adding on to my question as well uh, do you do all the music for rick and morty yeah everything that isn't licensed uh with a few exceptions chaos chaos has written a few original cues mm-hmm. um but otherwise yeah all the background music i did the theme song i did goodbye moon men oh I did- oh Wow. <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't do Get Swifty. Oh. Uh, there's a long story behind that, actually. Okay, okay. I should have done it. But, um, <laughs> I, it uh, yeah, I'll tell the story because inter- I think it's interesting. Sure. But, um, Go for it. That So right after season one came out, Adult Swim made this mobile game. Or was it a mobile game? It was like a Flash game. It was really simple, like a kind of a advent- point-and-click adventure style game based on Rick and Morty. Um, it's called the rushed licensed adventure. Like they rushed it to market. Um, and there's a part where you're, you're playing Morty and you go into summer's room and you find her iPod and there's like three songs on there. Right. And, uh, all three of those songs were just Justin taking some like stock music from a stock music library and improvising lyrics and, and melodies and stuff over the top. And one of them is Get Swifty. One of them is uh, the other song from that episode, Head Ben. I think it's called Head Ben Over. Um, and then the other one is called uh, Experience, which w- was also featured in a season two episode. I think they're singing it in the car. Yeah, they're singing it in, the, in Rick's spaceship. Uh, Summer and Morty and Rick are singing it in the spaceship together in the beginning of the episode. So all three of those songs ended up in a- an episode. But the writers loved Get Swifty so much. They thought it was so funny and it 
it obviously is. So they're like, let's make a whole episode around this dumb song that you made for the, for the, uh, for the game. And when we, when it came time to like put it in the episode, I was like, well, I could replace the stock music that Justin put it over, or it's so funny and so dumb, like so stocky. It was funny that it was stocky. Do you know what I mean? That it wasn't like particularly interesting beats. Um, so, and you know, with all due respect to the, the person who put time and effort into making them, of course, but, um, he chose those beats for a reason and it's because they're kind of funny in their sort of cheesiness. So I was like, let's keep them cause they're funny. Right now in retrospect, I wish I had just like put the time in to make something cheesy myself because, <laughs> because, you know, then I could say I did get swifty also, but sadly, uh, I did not do that. Um, so yeah, that's one of the few pieces of music on the show that I didn't do, but almost everything else. Awesome. Well, maybe you can do yeah. the remix for Get Shifty in the future. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Although I think we should get like a real artist, like a really well-known. We should get like uh, David Guetta to do that. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> spicy. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Hooded dude on our. Uh, Discord says most anticipated game of E3, and I will say, Hooded Dude, I think we answered this already earlier. So, for the sake of time and for the sake of Ryan's time, I'm sorry, but you'll just have to accept that our answers were already uh, for you before. <laughs> it's a good question, though. That's why we answered it as a natural part of the podcast. Elisa, do you have something on your end? All right. So, my question is more about your survivor side. Yes. <laughs> and true passion in life. <laughs> <laughs> so is it really your true passion in life? At one point in time, it definitely was like my biggest interest, <laughs> my biggest hobby. I've since sort of like kind of come down from that high, but um, I do, I'm a, I do, I am a huge survivor super fan. You know, that's what my podcast is about. <laughs> so Yeah. Awesome. And you're you listen you're like an Arhap fan, right? Like a I am an Arhap fan and you know that's how that's why I contacted you for the first time. I was like, huh, I wonder if this guy would even answer my email. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And then here we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Rob. I mean that his podcast, he's the best in the business by far for that. And how how we, exactly we had, did you meet Rob? Um I Loved his podcast, so I emailed him and said, I love your podcast if you ever need music. And he said, I'll put anything you send me, I'll put it on, which is his policy, I believe, for all the music that he gets, <laughs> regardless of who makes it. Um, but uh, I was like, you know what? There, He has these segments, right? Like he always does like social tweets. media. Yeah. So he always does like, so, like survivor social media. And I was like, well let's do a little jingle for the segment, right? Like that always yeah. helps separate out segments. So I just like spent 10 minutes coming up with some dumb rap um, that happened to be specifically about the one episode that I was submitting it for. And then I realized, oh, like he's not going to want to use this same one referencing this one episode in season 29 for the rest of the time he does this. So then I was like, why don't I make a different one every time for every episode? And uh, that was fun, but you know, a bit off a little more than I could chew eventually. It was like, I don't know if I want to be doing this every episode. So now I know he, he takes community submissions for that jingle, which I think is really awesome. And I'm quite humbled that anyone 
wants to do wants to take my stupid little jingle and add their own lyrics to it. They now have a segment um, called the Wand Off, where yes, you can, I know about this. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Well, I know this because you took a break from podcasting the season specifically. But I was like, man, yeah. I wonder if Ryan Elder was back this season. If he did, and if he was on that Chris Noble episode, what his song would be like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh God. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, I don't know how many of your listeners watch uh, Survivor, but there was a there was a guy on it this season who thought he was a rapper. Um, he's yes. not <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Oh he's no, very, very terrible. But he like liked to rap. Um, so it it almost feels like you know, I sort of my imposter syndrome is like, oh, that's me. <laughs> Cause I rap for this little dumb jingle, but I'm trying to be stupid. So, so I think, you know, hopefully the tongue in cheek, whereas Chris Noble, this guy on survivor, like took it very seriously. So <laughs> I know I'm not a good rapper. Um, and you know, knowing is half the battle, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Look up his SoundCloud later. <laughs> Chris Noble. Oh, oh my God, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, his Ponderosa video is like the cringiest thing I've ever seen. <gasps> I was That's, actually about to say that. I was about to say on YouTube, he creates a music video and it felt... Ugh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> kind of feels uh, like uh, yeah. how I feel about Shaq Fu, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? It gives it gives Survivor a real bad name. So I, don't, I, I would be like, oh yeah, go watch it. It's hilarious. But then I'm like, oh, people who aren't Survivor fans are going to watch it and they're going to like, oh, I never want to watch Survivor in my life. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, Survivor is really good. It's an amazing show, an amazing social experiment. Uh, some of the most incredible, if you like social games at all, like Werewolf, Mafia, games like that, like Survivor is like the ultimate version of that, um, where they give away a million dollars to the person who wins. I know. Highly recommend the show. Um, for anyone who's into game, even into, if you're into video games, strategy games at all, Survivor is amazing. Highly recommend the show. Definitely. There's a reason it's been on for 39 seasons. Going on 37. Going on 37, I think, in September. Two seasons a year. Right. They're filming 38 right now. Yes. Actually. Yeah. So my final question about Survivor is (laughs) finale. Last 20 minutes. How do you feel about it? And do you like the winner? So I, I love the winner. I loved when I love Wendell. Actually, I was rooting for him pretty much the whole season. Him and Laurel. I was big on Laurel too because she's from Minnesota and I live there. Um, so I, you know, Minnesotans we always root for each other. But um, <laughs> I was psyched that both people that I was really rooting for made it all the way to the end. Um, I was about so to say. I have, yeah, oh, real, go ahead. real quick for real quick for context for Jeremy and the listeners. So this season of Survivor was the very first time that in the finale there was a tie. Wow. Yeah, which is insane. 36 seasons, never been a tie. Yeah. It was Survivor history. That's crazy. I mean, it sounds like you're being, uh, you know, just being nice um, and that it's not really that crazy. Um, I assure you that it is crazy. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not up to date on all the Survivor shows, but I, I watched my fair share in the past. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah but yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that's insane because I've watched at least three or four seasons of Survivor before all the way through. And the fact that there is a tie now is just insane to me. Like, 
Wow. There's always yeah. something yeah. new on Survivor. That's great. Yeah, I know. It's, they keep it fresh. They do. Um, that's one of my sort of complaints about it. I, I don't want to like be a, I, you know, I my thoughts about Survivor are really complicated right now because I'm going through this like down, down period in my fandom. But um, and as a result of that, I didn't actually end up watching the finale. <laughs> I watched all the other episodes, but finale night, I was very busy doing some something else work related. So I couldn't really watch it when it aired. And then I just I heard about it and I was like, OK, I already know what happens. Maybe I, I don't need <laughs> to watch it. But I do kind of want to go back and watch the very end because it did sound like it was amazing. Like really, really cool, and I feel like as a fan of the show, I definitely. I will eventually so this watch season, it, so. I would say, is wasn't one of my favorites, but this was one of those finales where it yeah. almost made up for all the episodes I didn't like this season. Yeah, that's what I've heard, and I think I think it would have for me as well. Like I think just because of the way it ended, you have to put this season much higher than it would be otherwise. In your rank, in your survivor fans are obsessed with ranking their favorite seasons, by the way. Um, you know, like every, every, every like super fan has their like, okay, here's my top five and here's my top 20, and I'm constantly adjusting it. Um, you know, so, and it's like based on whether a lot of people based on whether like they like the winner or not and all sorts of stuff. But, mm-hmm. and then there's people who like me, and maybe you too, Elisa, where we factor in the non-US versions of Survivor into their, our top fives and our top tens. <laughs> oh, I'm a huge fan of this last season of Survivor Australia, season two. Yeah. Oh, that Did was... you watch season one? I actually didn't watch season one because I was pretty busy during yeah. that time. And I just like... And the difference between Survivor Australia is that there's like 30 more episodes that you have to keep up with. It's, it's really long, yeah. Um, Survivor Australia, the first season of Australian Survivor is one of the greatest seasons of Survivor ever. I think it's like top three for me, maybe even two. It's oh. incredible. Like I highly, highly recommend that first season. Awesome. So, it, so if, you, if, if, you need, if you need 24 hours of binging material... I was. I basically have an entire summer of no television because I just binged Arrested Development in four hours, the latest season. Yeah. So I have nothing. It's so to good watch too. It. it was definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're they're back. They're back on track with that show. Have you seen the latest one, Jeremy? Arrested Development season five. Part I have one. not started it. I have not started it yet. Oh, oh you're in for a treat. I'm jealous. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, I'm kind of waiting for this weekend on Sunday. I'm just gonna kick back and binge as much as I can. There you go. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited for that show. I mean, the the fact that season five come out now is like it's so perfect timing because like they they remixed four, which I found out recently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to watch that because I've heard it's actually much better. Same. I watched season four remix and I loved it, but I also liked season four, even though Me too. If it's not Me my too. favorite season. Um, so season four, I, I, how I describe season four remix is they basically appeased all the angry Arrested Development fans <laughs> and they, yeah. Re, yeah. they reformatted season four, how it was character based, each episode was character based and instead turned it back into an ensemble sitcom style and re-edited things. In fact, I 
I they also added new narration too to explain more of the storyline. Oh, is it is it also linear? Yes, it is now linear. Okay. It starts from the beginning and goes to the end instead of because of the character episodes of the original season four, it went back and forth, back and forth every time. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. It makes more yeah, sense chronologically, see the remix for sure. It's interesting the remix one is longer, right? Because it seems like it would be much shorter. I think so. Because there's so much re there's so much rehashed material in the normal season four. You're seeing the same scenes just from a different person's perspective. Exactly. Which frankly I loved. Like there's a couple of moments where it really, really works. Um, mm-hmm. where they like, for example, like where they reveal that maybe is in, in that costume as the like guru, yeah. you, have no, <laughs> you had no idea about in the episode yeah. about Lindsay, like yeah. that is so good. Like, and Mitch Hurwitz is a genius and I trust his instincts. And I think like, like I loved what he did with season four. I know a lot of people don't, but same here. Mm. I, I enjoyed season four the first the first time it came out for what it was like I I, I still got my Arrested Development fix which was exactly. what I wanted exactly totally totally yeah the thing with season four is I came in understanding that the reason they had to do it the character way is because due to everyone's current projects they were unable to get the entire cast together at once yeah and yeah. Watching it from that perspective, it just made complete sense, and I thought they really made the best out of it. Especially, well, my favorite storyline of season four was Job for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. D- the Job is the like the Job episode is the crown jewel of that season. For sure. <laughs> so good, so good. I know. <laughs> Same. So I just want to make a comment about uh, your 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 resume because you've you've done some some surprising things on here that I didn't realize until I looked at your website, Ryan. Which I'm was a- uh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I was about to say real quick for me. I'm a huge fan of the Wizards of Waverly Place, and I had yeah, no that's the first thing. The yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did the theme song for that. Uh, Modern Warfare Three, Call of Duty. I was I like, know. wow. So that- <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't write. Obviously, I didn't write the, all the music for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I did additional music on that game, which means um, Brian Tyler is the composer on that game. He he's right. a huge film composer. Um, yeah. He did you know uh, the first Avengers movie. Yes, He's big. Um, he so he he was working on that game. Um, and I actually worked, sort of. I sort of just helped him out with a couple of cues where he had a theme. He wrote all the themes and how he wanted it, and I just sort of like filled out a lot of the details. That's pretty mm-hmm. common for um these bigger projects where a composer will have people do addition. What's called additional music. Um, where you just kind of help out here and there on little things right. where you're not really writing the music, you're just kind of assembling it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so so th- that that that's on my website as like a credit, but it's really an additional music credit, which is not a real real credit. Um, although I know it's a, a lot credit. of people who would be pissed at me for calling additional music credits not real <laughs> credits, so I should maybe <laughs> well, <laughs> temper that. In, in my book, I think it's legitimate in my book. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that you worked on that game for sure. <laughs> it's like the one and only video game I've worked on, too. Um, that's awesome. Not that I wouldn't work on video games, but I just I haven't really had the opportunity to, and I don't know. I'm a little I'd be a little nervous about it because I just I haven't done it before. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think the workflow is very different from TV yeah, and even film, although I think it's closer to film than it is to TV. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole other medium. Like, the, their process is a lot different, which is 
will be something new. And I'm yeah. sure you'll find it challenging too, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, I would love, I mean, I, I would definitely enjoy the pro- the process of working on a video game for sure. I think it'd be something new and exciting. Um, luckily for me, I'm pretty booked up for the next 70 episodes of Rick and Morty. So yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll see. I might not need to, <laughs> might not need to take on, if an awesome game came my way, that was like, seemed perfect, a perfect fit for me and something mm-hmm. that would be exciting and I wasn't jammed up, I would definitely do it. But I'm not. I'm probably not going to like go out looking for games to work on. Um, probably not going to go out looking for a lot of things to work on because I got plenty to work on now. Yeah. Um, but um, it's definitely a, a good place to be. But I'm kind of hoping that we get to do more Harmon Quest. I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. So yeah, Did you guys watch cool. that? I've seen a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. Uh, I mean. Ve- I've worked on things that I wouldn't say I love, but Harmon Quest is one of those things that I would watch for sure, even if I didn't work on it. That's why it's at the top it's, of your list I, next I, to Rick and Morty. I really like it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love yeah. Harmon Quest. I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of Dan Harmon because I used to watch Community. And then, mm. I, and then after yeah. that, I just essentially followed everything that he did. Dan's amazing. Uh, amazing person, amazing boss, uh, amazing writer, creator. He's just, the guy's a genius. He's yeah. fantastic. Always been very, very kind to me. And uh, I don't know where he gets this reputation of being hard to work with because he's really easy to work with Aww. for me. Happy to hear that. <laughs> uh, my last question for you, just kind of a comment, is Extreme Home Makeover. <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to watch that show a lot. And did you compose yeah. a, a lot of the themes for that no, as well? No, no. I barely worked on that show as well. That's oh. another one where I did just did it additional music. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Rob Cairns, is the composer on that. He also does The Bachelor. And oh, my he, God. There was, an, yeah, there was an episode that he... I haven't gotten to work on The Bachelor um, but uh, there was an episode where he needed a couple of tracks that were like these. Like they one of the episodes, like the ki- one of the kids was like into EDM or something, and they needed some like EDM music for to represent the kid, and <laughs> like he didn't have that in his library for the show. And he was like, "Hey, let's you know, here's some basic ideas of the composition where I want to start and end the sort of the themes I want to use. Can you just EDM EDM up this like cue here? So I just did a couple things there for him. Um, and, uh, you know, I barely worked on it. I should put it lower on the list, actually. Honestly, I should take some of this stuff off because it's like, really? Did I really work on that? <laughs> oh, I mean, one thing is something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're on my IMDb. That's why I put them on there. But um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Downtime Podcast. Uh, Ryan, thank you once again for coming on board. We loved having you. Thank you so much for accommodating your time for us, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Uh, check out Boss Baby Back in Business on Netflix. <laughs> it's a kid show that me Wait, and my co-composer the Dream Ben Bromfield hit. Yeah, we we did the music for that. Um, awesome! And that is that ca- that came out uh, in April, and that's streaming right now. And uh, season, I think I don't know if I don't know if it's been announced or not, but. Um, There'll probably be more than just what's on there eventually, hopefully. Um, And then, (laughs) yeah, check that out. Otherwise, um, yeah, that's about it. Um, Also, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Elder. Is that correct? At Ryan Elder Music, yeah. Okay. At Ryan Elder Music. Um, 
And uh, for us, make sure you go to downtime.live, check out our blog. Make sure you scroll down to the bottom right, click on join our community. You can join our Discord. You can ask us questions on all of our platforms, especially Discord, where we're really active and we're t- doing discussion about video games and everything everything under the sun about video games, even non-video game related stuff. So uh, yeah, again, Ryan, thanks for coming on. Yes, thanks for having me. And uh, good night, everyone. Good night.